welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-lustrous Louis Fox. That's right. I'm like a vampire in the Twilight movies. I just <laughs> oh, because you're, lu- oh, good, you're lust, you're the skin. <laughs> you have the diamondy skin. Yeah, when the sun comes out. I thought you meant you had a lust for blood. <laughs> that too, that too. <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying you have like a shiny new microphone. <laughs> it's, it's flat black, but yeah, it's shiny. We were getting emails on how poorly you sounded over the <laughs> internet. And so Louis went out and bought a microphone that was cheaper than the one that we were using. I know, I know. I think the one we were using, I just have... Had uh, checked through, like, airports too many times. It's been dropped too many times. Yeah. And when we do recording in person, we got the fancy mics. But when we're doing the ones online, we have to have the microphones that plug into the computer. Yes. So they're not as fancy. Correct. Correct. You don't get all the tones of my sweet, sweet voice. (laughs) So you've been on an adventure this week. Yeah, man. I was up in Seattle visiting you. And then we went to Vegas for the weekend to see Mark Ribier. Ooh. Which is a uh, eccentric, I don't even know how to explain him, like an eccentric musician DJ, I guess. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's your favorite Mark Ribier song? Uh, my favorite one is uh, Therapy. Okay. But, uh, the most popular one, which is the one that I introduce people to Mark Ribier with, is a song called I'm a Flamingo. That's what I play for everybody because it sort of encompasses all of the things that he is. You get you get all the feels. <laughs> you get the weirdness. You get the beats. You get the, like, uh, You get the musicality. Yeah. You yes, get the, exactly. Uh, so yes. it's like when you go and see him, he, he plays, he wears, like, a silk kimono. <laughs> okay. And just, un, just underwear. And that's, mm-hmm. like, and he's, so he's this nerdy-looking dude. And he just improvs, like, beats. He plays piano. He sings songs. And, um... And he then he just does like crowd work, <laughs> and, uh, like and like the whole audience is wearing like silk robes, right? Uh huh. And they're just totally into it. At one point, he's crowd surfing and blasting champagne on everybody. <laughs> so it's a hell of a show. Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, it was uh, at one, and then another point, he got this woman up there to like you know, dance. And then she crawls back under his table where his DJ equipment is. And she's trying to give him a blow job <laughs> while he's playing. And he's like trying to like move aside, get her like away. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell is this? That's what that's see. That's what I want in a show is to go like, this is happening now. I'm never going to see this again. Oh, no. It was like, it was wild. Yeah. And uh, and it was after the woman was like talking about how her mom was in the crowd. He like interviewed her and she's like, my mom's here with me. And then she's trying to give him a blowjob. <laughs> mom, mo- mom's actually the bigger fan and put, put the daughter up to it. <laughs> yeah. But actually what's funny is we went there to see the show, but that wasn't even like the highlight of the whole trip. It was just like an onslaught of stimulation. We went like we went to the Neon Museum. We went to launch chickens at Circus Circus. We went. Whoa, to- whoa, whoa, whoa! You're launching chickens? 
Yeah, you never launched chickens at Circus Circus? No. So there's this game, and it's like you get to – they give you this giant sledgehammer, and you have like a trebuchet, uh-huh. and you set up these small rubber chickens, and you just launch them into these buckets that are moving around. And it's like a carnival game, but it is uh, – we spent at least $50 launching chickens. <laughs> and you got seven tickets. <laughs> I was talking about it the whole time to Erica, and she's like, this is stupid. But then she tried it. She's like, this is amazing. Okay. And then we went to Kiss Mini Golf. Yeah, which is a good time. Um, we went to uh, Area 15. Have you heard of this? No. Um, is that that weird store? So that weird store, Omega Mart, is inside of Area 15. Area 15 okay. is like an adult. I guess it's not an adult thing. It's like it's not off the strip, and it's like this massive warehouse with like has like the Van Gogh exhibit and like virtual reality stuff. But then they have this thing called Omega Mart, which is like this weird experience art installation where you go in and it's like a convenience store that sells all this like really weird stuff. Like, you know, uh, I don't know, a can full of dehydrated water and like (laughs) shit like that, like super weird stuff. And then you open up like, you know, let's say you open up the, the, you know, cold storage for the, Mm -hmm. for the bottles and stuff for beer. And then there's like a, passageway that you have to crawl through and then you end up in like this back weird transcendental ethereal you know light show with all these like staircases like, i just wanted a pabst and dude, now i'm going on an indiana jones adventure much, dude it was crazy we were not prepared for the amount of like mental effort you, like they give you this card and you have to like scan the card around the supermarket and then you have to like f- solve a murder you have to figure <laughs> out what like it's crazy dude you gotta like figure out the disappearance of this other dude and then like you gotta help like re-engine then they show you all these videos all the science experiments that they're doing and like all these trippy ass like science experiments on humans it is like it's bananas i you're like i just wanted the snickers and now i'm solving crime i just thought we i was going to go to the convenience store and see some cool like weird (laughs) shit but like here we are like solving murders and like fucking like you know finding babies that went missing in 1973 nice you're like i've got the Lindbergh baby Solve that bad dude. Boy. It was crazy, man. Like, John Benet Ramsey <laughs> solved that murder. They had this bar in. They had a bar inside, and then they give you this drink, and then like you drink half of it, and then you chew on this like I don't know what the fuck it was, but you chew on it, it makes your whole face go numb, and then you're supposed to drink the rest of the liquid, and it was like it was crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's like they're doing dental work on pretty you. much, dude. Like, this whole thing was bananas, man, and it seemed like the other people that were there, like knew what they were getting into. Like they had been there before and they uh, had not been like let out since they didn't <laughs> like, you know, solve a mystery or something. Uh, it was crazy. I can't even explain. It was like one of the most unusual things I've ever been to in my life. Nice. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of unusual things. So. All right. So Omega Mart's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went and saw, we went and saw Absinthe. Yeah. It was just like, it was a crazy trip, man. It was a lot, super fun. Nice. Let's put some of that energy into this week's stories. Let's do it. Mm. 
Let's get to some weird news. This story comes from WashingtonExaminer.com. That's a news source more reliable than a KFC in Vatican City. You don't think they got some uh, delicious fried chicken? It's the only country in the world that doesn't have chickens. Are you serious? Yeah, ain't no chickens in Vatican City. Are you sure about that? Uh, that's what Google told me. So you're telling me if the Pope wants a chicken, the people got to go out into Rome and yeah. get a chicken. You got to cross the border. It's got to be quarantined at the border for 14 days. <laughs> I bet that – is that true? Do you know that as a fact? It's the only country that doesn't have chickens? That's according to Marketplace.org. 12 crazy facts about chickens. The only continent without them, Antarctica. Oh, yeah. gotcha. And I guess there's no cities – there's, I guess Antarctica is not a country. It's not a country. It's a continent. But uh, I, mean, I feel like there's like smaller countries in the world that might not be recognized by the world country oh, organization. Yeah, like the, the micronations, like the guy in Vegas who has his yeah, own country. <laughs> exactly. Right? All right. Anyway, so two men arrested for alleged illegal smuggling of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I love, like that this implies there's legal smuggling of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right. A trunk full of contraband, KFC, landed a pair of New Zealand men in hot water thanks to COVID-19 lockdown rules that would make Colonel Sanders cringe. It would make him roll over in his chicken, his greasy grave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, how do you smuggle something in the trunk of your car into an island? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's that's your first problem. But I love that that these people are selling fried chicken like it's hip-hop tapes in 1990. (laughs) Right. Yo, what you need, man? What you need? You, I got thigh. I got a couple breasts. I got some mashed potatoes. <laughs> Gravy, that's extra, bro. You need a biscuit? <laughs> uh, the two men were arrested where, where, after. Where, I ain't got no biscuit. Where were you last week when I had a trunk full of biscuits? No one was buying. <laughs> the two men were arrested after allegedly trying to enter the city of Auckland where restaurants are closed with Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's just smart business is what that is. They're taking it to the people. Well, so I guess it's illegal to enter the city with food, I guess. Yeah. The, yeah like, it's, it's like the walking dead. You got to deal with Negan first to bring it in. <laughs> Upon seeing the police car, the vehicle did a U-turn and sped off trying to evade police. Local authorities said the vehicle was searched and police located the cash alongside empty ounce bags and a large amount of takeaways. So what I love is they're totally selling like like nickel bags of niblets. They're just right <laughs> breaking it down. New Zealand has some of the most stringent COVID-19 protocols in the world, and Auckland is under a level four lockdown, whereby all eateries, including takeaway services, are closed. But this guy isn't, he's, people are coming to him. It's not a takeaway. You can eat in the backseat of his car, and then he'll sanitize it. Yeah, the two men drove roughly 75 miles from Hamilton to Auckland and were arrested when police noticed their suspicious vehicle on the city's outskirts, the BBC reported. The men allegedly had at least three buckets of chicken, 10 cups of coleslaw, fries, and four other bags of KFC items, according to the local police. I would be like, that's just for my personal use. And then they're like, nope, you have over 10 cups of coleslaw? It's intent to distribute. Uh, yeah, what do, who gets fries and coleslaw? Yeah, you don't do both. And no. a, a, the coleslaw's garbage there. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, but the the best part is like I'm just picturing some sort of scam where these guys are delivering it and they go to a house and then you know they walk in and Chris Hansen walks out and he's like, "Have a seat." <laughs> 
No, 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 no. These these chickens were of age when we ate them. <laughs> these chickens are from illegally. They're, they're from mainland Australia. So it was you who I was chatting with online. It wasn't really not Colonel Sanders. <laughs> that, that was a decoy. I should have known it was Colonel Sanders sixty nine sixty nine. Colonel Sanders foot fetish sixty nine sixty nine. It remains unknown if the pair intended to sell the KFC items or were just really hungry. Under New Zealand anti-COVID-19 laws, the pair's trip to KFC could cost them the equivalent of about $3,000 and possibly a six-month prison sentence. Wow, dude, you got to love the chicken. I mean, it's risk versus reward. Because I wonder how much all that chicken, like, what's the street value of that chicken? Well, I mean, during COVID, if, like, there's no restaurants open, I would imagine a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm so confused by this story. So they, so there's other cities that are have their restaurants open. Obviously, yes. and they went and got KFC at that restaurant and then brought it back to Auckland. Yeah. Well, that was always the big thing is people would complain about the like the arbitrary lines. Like in California, if you if you left like one if you lived on a county line you could cross this imaginary line and eat in a restaurant and then walk back across the street and not yeah well it's like buying booze in a in, like a lot of times they'll have in dry counties they'll have the next county over will just have liquor stores right on the border right yeah well it's like if you listen to our uh episode 175 where we talk about the beer that's illegal in 15 states you can just cross a border buy the illegal beer bring it back yeah right or it's like texas you could just go over to new mexico get an abortion and come back yeah like, there's like, gonna be a, like planned parenthoods lining the borders around texas it's like it's like texas you can just cross the border and never go back <laughs> So what I don't understand is, like, why this is illegal, right? Like, why is it because they left their house? Are you not allowed to leave your house? Maybe they left their house with intent to uh, go to a restaurant. That's crazy. I know. Or maybe they left the city. Maybe they aren't allowed to leave the city. Maybe maybe the hidden thing is these people are actually on house arrest. Oh, right. (laughs) They actually are broke out of jail (laughs) to go to KFC. (laughs) They tunneled out of Shawshank for some wings. <laughs> they, they didn't get back in time, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you think about this, Louis? I think it's – I like people trying to be enterprising. I'd be like, hey, you guys shut down. I couldn't work. Just going to, you know, flip, I don't flip think some that chicken. I don't think they're trying to flip chicken. I think they just went to get food, right, and then are bringing it back so Who that they eats? have some – who eats 10 cups of coleslaw? But what I'm saying is they stocked up, right? Oh. And so they keep it in their fridge for, it's probably good for a couple of days, I would imagine. You know? Yeah. If I so. eat three cups of coleslaw every meal for seven days, I will tear, tear through that. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yep. This story comes from firstpost.com. That's a news source more reliable than using a gravestone as a death certificate. What, you can't use that as a death certificate? I don't know. Like I would a to- duplicate gravestone? <laughs> I would just carry this giant thing around when people are like, hey, do you get Social Security survivor benefits? I'm like, yeah. They're like, Can you prove your spouse died? I'm like, here's her headstone. Yeah, let me go grab my truck. <laughs> Bring it over here. Do you want to walk to the cemetery? (laughs) 
All right, story goes, U.S. man's gravestone missing for 150 years was being used to make fudge recognized during auction sale. So I hope they recognize the fudge. Someone's like, hey, if you flip that fudge over, it's got my grandpa's name on it. <laughs> Dude, I love grave fudge. Yeah, grave haunted fudge is the best. <laughs> That's what Cold Stone Screamer was founded on. <laughs> Dead people. <laughs> Built on the, the graves of child soldiers. <laughs> In an unusual and bizarre case, a gravestone that had been missing for almost 150 years was recently recovered from a house in the U.S. where it was being used to make fudge. The five feet tall gravestone was being used as a marble slab to make fudge for a living and has recently been returned to its original position in a Michigan cemetery. The messed up thing is no one has cleaned the marble slab in 150 years. Yeah, it has remnants of fudge from 1875. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, it's just dirty. Why is this covered in peat moss? That's not dirt. That's fudge, man. It's seasoned. That's fudge bacteria. <laughs> it's the it's like the fudge yeast. It's like making beer. <laughs> the tombstone has the name Peter J. Weller engraved on it. He was a Lansing pioneer and businessman who died in the year 1849. As per the Friends of Lansing Historic Cemeteries, the tombstone had gone missing 26 years after Weller's death in 1875. When it was moved to Mount Hope Cemetery... The group that takes care of and maintains historical cemeteries in Michigan. I always wonder why people move their graves. Like, did your property value go up that you're like, I'm going to sell where my final resting place, hammer the profit, move to a cheaper place down the road. Yeah, I wonder how that works. Because like when you buy your you buy your plot, right? Yeah. And then you and that's good for forever. I for think the so. end of time. That's a I great would, investment, dude. Yeah. I would ha- I would advertise on it just like hammer residuals. I'd have like a Coke logo on it. Totally right. You got sponsorships. <laughs> this grave brought to you by Colgate. <laughs> you know what I would do on the back of my tomb? I'd have like a beer bottle opener, and just like people have a beer, like right? Yeah. And you also give them the beer. There's like a cooler. <laughs> you put you. It's like a beer machine. You got to put my my gravestones of a, a soda machine. <laughs> it's not the eternal flame. It's the eternal beer cooler. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, uh, the president of the organization that maintains historical cemeteries, Loretta S. Stanway, told CNN that she was informed about the tombstone in August. She was also surprised to know that a woman had been using it to make fudge for a living, and she was recently moved into a care facility for Alzheimer's. Life and times of a man whose monument was used to make fudge, reads a Facebook post by the organization, F-O-L-H-C. That's the thing. They have the worst acronym, (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm not going to donate to them. No, it's it's people's last, it's the last thing they utter before they die. <laughs> that's actually in the episode we did with where they recreated the mummy voice box. That's what he says. He goes, oh. He was like, find this organization. <laughs> they have, they have, my, they know where I'm supposed to be buried at. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that they went and tracked down this person. And then found the the, uh, group, which is pretty cool. It's something 30 years ago you probably couldn't have done. Yeah. After being moved into the care facility, the woman's belongings were listed for auction. However, Brad Stoker of Epic Auctions and Estate Sales was shocked after finding a five-foot-long white slab in the house. On realizing it was a tombstone, they removed it from the sale. All right, here's the messed up thing. He found the slab, put it up for auction, never looked at the back of it. (laughs) He's like... He never looked at the back and was like, oh, this is a tombstone. Yeah. 
right? It's a uh, yeah, I don't know. They just it's a marble slab. They just thought it was for you know mixing cookies and Oreos in with ice cream. Yeah, it was for some real high end cutting. Yeah, it's it's weird that he was shocked. I mean, these people probably find a lot of weird stuff. He's shocked at just a tombstone. It's like I'm really worried about the people who are going to come into my house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No one in the family knew how or when they came into be possession of it. We had no way to find out whether the family knew it was a legitimate monument or if they thought it was just a throwaway or something. Stanaway told CNN, "There's a way. There's a way to find out. You ask her children. Yeah, or just ask her. I mean, I would imagine she's, she's got, got all the way. Though. It doesn't mean she doesn't remember that. She doesn't remember grave robbing this guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> she further added that on inquiring, the homeowners mentioned that they used the backside of the slab to make desserts." But how this granite tombstone reached home in Okomos is still a mystery. The real mystery is how to pronounce Okomos. Yeah. O-K-E-M-O-S. Okimos, maybe? Okimos. Okimos. Yeah. For the unversed, fudge makers use big square marble slabs to cool their creation by transforming the liquid portion into solid. Okay, so I'm glad that the, the veil has been lifted into how fudge is made. Yes. It's also how they do that with corpses, right? Oh, yeah. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> they put them on marble slabs? Yeah. Yeah, and then they pour, pour fudge over them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they just put coins over the eyes. They put Sometimes they put little chocolate fudges squares. <laughs> it's like going to a high-end hotel. I wonder what the, the guy's – because they say that the guy's tomb, uh, Mr. Weller – he was a businessman. What happens if he was like, you know, a, just a fudge maker? Maybe they're just tr- continuing the tradition. And at his funeral, they're like, he loved fudge. And maybe oh. that's what it was. He loved fudge so much. Yeah. They're just trying to like, you know, live out his final wishes in for his afterlife. And they know? actually, when they moved his body, they cremated him. And there's a little pinch of him in every, every delicious square. Right. <laughs> And they they said that the woman made fudge for a living, but they didn't say where she sold it at, how you can get this fudge, because I would like to get some gray fudge. Yeah, I would too. Totally. I think the next step is we just got to go to a cemetery and just start pouring fudge on, on tombstones. Right? right? Yeah. And just sell it to the people in the cemetery. You know what goes good with your tears? This <laughs> delicious fudge. I, I get that you're mourning now, but we're going to turn that frown upside down with some amazing fudge. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yep. That's it for today, folks. We want to thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can help out by giving us a five-star review wherever you got this podcast at. You can also help out by contributing to our Patreon. That's right. Go to oddandoffbeat.com, hit the Patreon link, and for as little as a few bucks a month, you can support us. You get fun things like postcards from the road. You get good vibes. Matt will uh, ethically destroy the voodoo doll he made of you. I got some more postcards, Louis. So you might be, uh, we'll be sending out some postcards here pretty soon. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Where now, can the five people see you, Louis? You can catch me from the 6th through the 10th at the Arizona State Fair. I believe I've heard I'm performing <laughs> in the carnival stage. <laughs> nice. R- That's exciting, r- man. Rumor is. Now, where can they catch you? 
I will, well, I thought I was going to be doing a virtual show from here in Eugene, but it looks like I'm doing it from Seattle for eBay uh, from the triple door. So if you are in the area, you want to come by and watch me perform for people virtually live in person, you can do that. So is, is that like a hybrid gig? I don't know. I, that's what I'm trying to figure out because I didn't think I quoted them enough. If it is the hybrid gig, <laughs> Uh, and then also I'm doing a private show here in Eugene uh, because we talked about it off air, but uh, Erica put me up for my show for a bid for a fundraising organization here in Eugene. And so I'm doing a private show uh, on the 10th. So if you're in the area and you want to also crash another private show, <laughs> you can come just on peer in. in, peer in through the window. <laughs> Here's the best thing. You're going to do this show. It's going to be like in someone's living room. <laughs> it is. I already know where it's at. It's at our friend's house up the way, and it's going to be, I, uh, who knows how it's going to go. <laughs> Your but. neighbors are going to move away. They're like, look at this riffraff that moved in. <laughs> yeah, so she put me up for a bid, and I, w I was standing right there, and I didn't know that she was auctioning off my show and then she went up to the microphone and she was like did the worst job of selling it she's like my husband you know he's he's does he's like a juggler who, sometimes he does comedy and she was like kind of drunk <laughs> she was like he's been on some shows he has some records who knows <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of work coming in right now so all his schedule's people, really the, free to match up with yours to do this all free the people show. are like what the hell is happening because it was they, they it was like sort of like spur of the moment like they wasn't on the the sort of like auction list she was just sort of like we're throwing this in and Did she push like, the auctioneer aside to, to pitch you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, Lady, you can't do it. She's like, get out of my way. Right? And then like starting bid at $500. Silence. Starting bid at $100. Silence. Starting bid at $7. <laughs> so you raised I, I raised my own. I raised my own paddle. I was like, I'll buy the show for $7. I will pay $100 to not do this. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. You're like, I will pay $13,000 to not do this show. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, folks, we want to thank you so much for listening. Of course, send us a message, info at oddandoffbeat.com. Let us know how Louie's mic sounds. And yeah. uh, if you want to check out our other podcast, the Moisture Festival podcast, you could do so by visiting the Moisture Festival website. That's moisturefestival.org. That's right. Yeah, we interview performers from around the world. Uh, this week, we just had an interview with uh, the lovely Dan Holzman come up. Yeah, so he's a comedy juggler, and he is amazing. So you can check out that and all our past episodes on the Moisture Festival podcast or all our past episodes here. I mean, we got 176 of them, dude. I know. We have the amount of podcasts of this, that matches the year that the uh, United States was born. 176? 176, yeah. Minus a nine. <laughs> seven, minus a seven. <laughs> Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. 1970. Yeah, we were founded in 1976. My, my first right. car was older than the United States. That's why we were in Vietnam. We were trying to fight for our independence. Our independence from Nam. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Off Beat podcast. Stay weird. <laughs>